Hey everybody, so today is going to be my best and worst of 2021, the 10 best books I read this year and the 10 worst books I read this year and I agonized over this list a little bit because I feel like there are some books that could have gone on this list but didn't for whatever reason, yada yada yada, so this is like the best I could do. I don't know. Maybe 10 is like not enough. Maybe I should do more. I almost felt like I, I needed less spaces this year. Um, I feel like last year I had like such definitive, I don't remember. I don't remember anything about the books I didn't like last year. Um, or in 2020, but I remember definitively that there were like an easy 10 top books of the year. And for me this year, like the top books was kind of hard to find. Um, even though I had, I obviously like came up with a list of 10. I just feel like I didn't, they didn't hit as well as the books did in 2020. Um, they're still great. I still gave them five stars, et cetera, et cetera. But I just feel like my reading experience wasn't great this year. Um, I felt like I read a lot. I feel like I pressured myself to read things and I read things that I didn't exactly love. And I think there were a lot of books that were just so, so to me. Um, and I don't think that I really like focused on things that I wanted to read personally. Um, and then I also obviously struggled (laughs) for several months, um, because pregnancy exhaustion is real. So, um, that kind of, I think my reading suffered because of that as well. And so I think that when trying to read like enough books and also trying to read books that I enjoy and also trying to complete a challenge and things like that, I think that it's just a little bit difficult and there's a little bit of, I don't know, a discrepancy in my reading. I'm not really sure. I just, I feel like my reading experience was better in 2020. That being said, I still obviously came up with a list of 10 for each. Um, so definitely the top 10 are five-star reads. Um, for my bottom 10 I chose, I went through and I looked at books that I gave like one and two stars to and I chose books off of that and I chose the ones that like give me a lasting visceral reaction, like the ones that still make me mad and the ones that I still just like do not enjoy in any way, shape or form. (laughs) So um, I had to put those on here because they are the ones that gave me like the biggest like grief and whatever. Um... There's like a beeping watch alarm that goes off at this time every day and it's really annoying and I don't know where it is and I don't know how to stop it. Um, Anyway, so this is going to be like top 10 best, top 10 worst. And then I'm technically recording this in the middle of December. So potentially there could be something that pops up. Um, I am in a deadlock with Little Women right now. So I can't imagine I'm going to be reading much of anything um, in the next two weeks before the year wraps up. So I'm not super concerned that something is going to come and like replace any of these books. I think it'll probably all be middle of the road reads if anything. So I'm not super concerned, but I will just like insert it in at the very end if there's something that I think has changed in the next two weeks. But more than likely, that's not going to be the case. So anyway, we're going to start with the worst. Let's get into it. So I don't have these in any sort of order. It's just essentially the 10 books that I think are the worst 
Um, I could maybe put them in an order, but some of them, they just kind of overlap, so it doesn't really matter that much. The first one I have is I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reid. I think this was around the time that I realized that Katie Coulson, my favorite YouTuber, and I just don't have the same taste in books. I adore her videos, but typically if she loves something, I hate it and vice versa, which kind of helps me figure out what to read still. Like if she raves about a book, then I kind of no, probably I won't like it. And if she's disappointed in a book, then I kind of know maybe it's something I should pick out. Um, she raved about this book for a while and then Netflix made it into a movie. And so I was like, okay, let's try it. It's really, really short. So that also held some up here, but it was so weird and so pointless. And I kept trying to understand what was going on and why people like it so much. And um, I kept saying things like, you're going to be scared and not know why you're scared. And I was kind of like on edge the whole time because I felt like there was something I was missing. And then you get to the end and you're like, okay. And like things make more sense, like sort of, but then they still don't. And it left me feeling like uncomfortable and weird and I just didn't like it. This is definitely not a genre for me. Like any book that's similar to this, like I want no part of in the future. Like this just gives me icky feelings and I just didn't like it. And it was just weird and uncomfortable. And that is like all I can really say is just weird and uncomfortable. But it it that is like the whole feeling that this book gave me. And even like thinking about it, it just kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit. The next one is The Awakening by L.J. Smith. This is the first book in the Vampire Diaries series. God, this book is so bad. I have always wanted to read the books that The Vampire Diaries is based off of. And um, I finally decided, like, okay, I'm going to do that. Like, I've had this on my TBR. Like, let's do it. Immediate, like, immediate regrets. (laughs) Like, it is so bad. It was so cringy. It was so awkward. And I was so confused the whole time, like how such a great show came from such a terrible book. Like seriously, my hats off to like Kevin Williamson and Julie Plug. The fact that they were able to make a show out of this garbage is seriously commendable. Um, the characters were really superficial and weird and there was no like plot or point and it was just so bizarre and I was so sad but it was really just like awful. It was just completely awful. The next one is Every Heart a Doorway by Seanan McGuire. This is another book rep. Rec- recommendation from Katie Coulson. She loves this series and actually a lot of people in the booktube community love this series but I did not. It's about these children that like don't fit in and they end up in different worlds where things are better for them um, and people think I think it's like people think they're making it up or something so then they take them to this orphanage to like get their like thoughts out like a almost like a conversion therapy sort of place where it's like we need to like get their thoughts out that they ever went to this place and whatever but really in reality it's kind of like a halfway house for like the people so they can like go back to these worlds and like find their door and things like that I don't really know how to explain it um I think there's like a message in there somewhere but it didn't resonate with me and when I was finished I was like wait, what? That's it? Like, it just is, like, very abrupt, and, like, it doesn't really, like, follow certain characters. It just, it's just weird and short, and I'm, I did not enjoy it, and there's multiple books, and, like, the first one is, like, 
kind of introducing this whole like there's all these different worlds that all these different kids can go to and it's usually like troubled children and things like that and then each book afterwards is kind of like one or two of the characters in their different worlds and it's just kind of weird and it's just kind of creepy and again like not really my thing the next one is not the worst book but it's definitely my new Where the Crawdads Sing. Um, it's People Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. I can't wait to piss people off with this one, to be perfectly honest. I hated this book so much. Emily Henry is not my person. She's not my vibe. She has a book coming out next year or this year, 2022, that I'm going to try to not let myself get swayed by because I have a strong feeling that I will end up reading it and be angry and waste my time again. I read Beach Read in 2020 and I DNF'd it because it was bad and people say it's good and they are liars and then I got this book as my book of the month for like I don't know March or something and the premise sounded good so I was like okay a lot of people had been talking about it I guess from advanced reader copies or whatever so I thought it was safe people that didn't like beach read like this one so I also felt like they had taste and so I was like I was like, they didn't like Beach Read. I didn't like Beach Read. So if they like people we meet on vacation, then I'll like people we meet on vacation. Wrong. <laughs> Lola's right here, you fucking Brussels sprout. <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, um, so um, it's about this girl that travels for work, and she always took her guy BFF with her. And then at some point, they had a falling out, and she randomly asked him to go with her on another trip after not talking for like two years and like surprise surprise their falling out was because they both liked each other and they thought they messed it up and then they end up getting together on this trip and it's just so boring they have zero chemistry people talk about the chemistry in this book and I don't I don't know what they're talking about there's no chemistry in this book they have zero chemistry the main character is so whiny and so annoying and I'm so angry at myself that I didn't dnf this like this the anger that I feel about this is the same anger I feel about how I forced myself to read Where the Crawdads Sing because of the hype. This book had so much hype and I forced myself through it and I hate it and I hate it just as much as Where the Crawdads Sing and I stand by that and forcing myself through this was the worst mistake I made this year honestly in like all of my reading. It was fucking horrible. The next book is Go Ask Alice by Beatrice Sparks. Um so technically it says it's by Anonymous, but Beatrix, Beatrix Sparks has been outed as the author. I read this for an anonymous author prompt, and at one point, um, like I said, it was anonymous. It ended up like being outed or something, um, but I remember loving this book when I was younger, like when I was like nine. Like I loved it. Like before I was a teenager, I was reading this book and I was feeling really scandalous, reading all this stuff about drugs and sex and all of that. And like periodically, I would reread it throughout my life. And I feel like it always held up. Like I feel like I was always still interested. It always felt juicy. I was a very good girl. I still am a very good girl. So like drugs and sex and all this stuff was like really scandalous and still is scandalous. Like it's still like juicy to me. So um, I have always just like enjoyed it, reread it periodically every so many years or whatever. It's written in diary form and it's about this girl who accidentally falls into drugs and then she ends up like that ends up being the gateway for her to get into harder drugs and like a whole bunch of really bad things end up happening to her and like a bunch of times she tries to get clean and she fails and then I think at the end she finally succeeds but this time I read it and I was like what the fuck? why in the world do I like this book? This girl is a twat and everything that happens is so like, 
how? Like, why? Like, what was the reason for this? Like, and then when you get into the whole, like, agenda for this book. So this book was, like, propaganda for, like, trying to discourage kids from doing drugs and having sex. And it's just, like, really icky and gross. And, um, like, the girl goes through horrific things. And, like, you're, you think this whole time, like, that it's, like, this actual girl's actual life, her actual journal, journal, and, like, things that have actually happened to her. And, like, you're, like, how the fuck is your life this terrible? Like, how did it go, like, this quickly? And how did it just, like, whatever? And then to find out that someone made this up, it's, like, I never read the whole book. I think I only read a little bit of it. But that whole A Million Little Pieces scandal, where that book, A Million Little Pieces, and the guy went on Oprah, and it was, like, this whole thing. And he like was like addicted to drugs and he went through this like whole like same thing and then it came out that none of that happened like what like why so that's how I felt about reading this where I'm just reading it and I'm like this is so like almost like far-fetched the way that this stuff is happening and it just seems like excessive and then like to think about the fact that this is literally just someone made this up and pretended like this is what happened to this girl and this was her life it's just like I don't know it left me with some yucky feelings and that book will no longer be reread by me it is going bye-bye the next book I have is Five Feet Apart by Mickey Daughtry, Rachel Lippincoat, and Tobias Iaconis. I've said it before, but cichlid is just not my thing. I don't want to read about people dying or people falling in love and then one of them dying or whatever. And I honestly don't remember if someone dies in this book. Wait, no, I just remembered. Anyway, it's just not for me. It seems kind of like gross to write about and like get off on making people emotional, emotional about sick and dying kids. Like... It just seems wrong. It's about these kids that have cystic fibrosis and how they have to stay six feet apart from each other because their different kinds of bacteria can make each other's sicknesses worse. But obviously two of them fall in love and then they're somehow able to be five feet apart instead of six, which I still don't get. She said she's taking back a foot and I don't get how. I don't know if it's because they were like wearing gloves and like gowns and like things like that and they were taking extra precautions. I still don't know the reason for it. I wasn't paying that much attention. But at some point, she was able to be, like, five feet away from him. And I, whatever. Um, so I did, like, it was interesting to read this, like, through a COVID lens. And, like, to get, like, the whole, like, six feet apart thing. Because, you know, that was relatable. Um, and I did enjoy, like, the information about cystic fibrosis. Like, I thought that was interesting. But ultimately, I hated this whole thing. I loathed the main character. She seemed like such an immature and infantilized, like, little girl. And it just was not good. Like, there was just nothing about this that I feel like was good. And I thought about watching the movie, but I still haven't watched the movie. And I probably won't because I just, it's just not for me. Big Summer by Jennifer Weiner was such a tragedy. It is about this, like, girl who agrees to be a bridesmaid for this girl who was kind of terrible to her. And it seems like it's going to be this cute, fun, like, possibly a romance book. And at the wedding, she meets this guy, and she has this whirlwind romance with him. And she's, like, helping out with all the wedding, and she's detailing all of her past issues with this girl. And I was here for it. I was like, this is, like, a redemption story. This is, like, because also, I think I read this 
an attempt to fit the prompt of body positivity or something. And so I was here for this whole, like, this girl has her life together. Like, she has made something of herself. Like, she is plus size and she is killing it. And, like, look at all the things that she can do. And, like, look at how mature she is and look at how she's gonna like repair the relationships in her life and things like that and then all of the sudden it turns into this weird thriller murder mystery thing and everything is so hyperbolic and unrealistic and it was silly it was stupid it was such a nosedive because I think if the book stayed with the original plot it would have been a really good book and I would have really liked it and instead I was just like what are you joking did I miss where we turned off into crazy land like what happened to the original plot of the movie I don't understand so it was not good the turnout by Megan Abbott I read this recently so I don't really need to say much about it but again Megan Abbott books are quite literally about nothing I I really like how she writes except for this book typically I really like her writing but her books are never about anything the difference with this is that there was a bunch of weird ass like sex shit that happened that was not needed or wanted and I was super caught off guard and it was the most pointless book I've ever read. Ace of Spades by Farida Abiki Iamadi. Um, this book was really frustrating because so many people loved it. I'm like, did we slog through the same book? It's super duper long and it's not even worth it in my opinion. Like it's not worth it in the slightest. It's about these kids that go to this really fancy school who end up being targeted by like a Gossip Girl style app. And they end up figuring out that there's this whole white elitist group who specifically targets black students every year. And they set out to make their lives miserable. And like they pick two specifically that they focus on. And they make it seem like they're like welcome in the school. And then they like flip a switch and like try to get them out. And it's like really disgusting. And I don't understand. Like I don't understand. And I don't like books where the main characters are miserable. So this was definitely difficult to like force myself through. I also was really angry about how they treated the boy character because he literally did nothing wrong. Like he was just gay. And all of the posts about him were just about him being gay. And they were about him being with another guy. Like the girl I understood because like the girl was like popular and the girl like whatever. And so like they were picking apart pieces of her character and things like that. And things that she had done or things that they were accusing her of doing or whatever like that I got but they're just literally attacking my man for being gay and I was like what the fuck like it was just so it was so gross and I I think that they were trying to draw attention to problems that are still happening in the world but it felt like a really weird way to go about it it felt like a really backwards way of trying to say like black people are not treated fairly and that there are still white elitist groups and there are still white people that think it's okay to destroy black lives and things like that and like I I I'm 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 with it I'm here for all of that but like this just doesn't seem like a good and like at the very end they do like this whole like in the future thing where like they are counteracting this movement and like they have like you know club or club or something for black kids and things like that and like that's great but it's just like this whole book was like harping on um their problems and their flaws and their faults and things which they didn't really have and it was just really frustrating and it was not enjoyable at all and I don't understand why people liked it as much as they did I also don't understand why people like the inheritance games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes because I'm just like are we not reading the same book I don't understand 
this book had so much potential. It's about this guy who is rich and whatever and he dies and he leaves behind like his inheritance to this random girl and you're not sure why. And he has like all of these family members that he doesn't leave his inheritance to or something. But then there's something about like clues and games and puzzles and things for his grandchildren to figure out. And so she's like helping them with that. I've blocked it out so I honestly don't fully remember. Um, But it's just not necessary. And there's, there's these four brothers who are essentially like all trying to hook up with her so it's really weird and you can't tell a difference between any of the brothers because they're all the same cookie cutter like dude and it just is weird and it was such a boring vanilla book like there was no substance it was not enjoyable it was not exciting like you you have puzzles and games and riddles and it still was like not even the slightest bit interesting or entertaining or anything like that um It's now like a whole series. There's like multiple books and people seem like they just eat them up or something. I don't know if I was having a bad day when I read it or what, but like, no, thank you. I am not interested. Now moving on to the best books of the year. I obviously don't have these in order either, but I have to first talk about my favorite book of the entire year, which was Finley Donovan is Killing It by Elle Cosmano. I have known since I read this in April that it was going to be my favorite book for the entire year. I loved it so, so much. I heard everyone all over Bookstagram talking about it and I was like, yeah, I've fallen for hype before, but I'll get to it when I get to it. And I didn't really know anything about it. And then I think I like put it on hold as an audiobook or something and it came available one day and I was cleaning my house. And so I was like, sure, like I'll just listen to it, whatever. I assumed I'd probably DNF it or I'd switch to music or whatever. When I tell you I listened to like all eight hours straight, like in one sitting, like of this book, like I granted I listen to books on two times speed so it was probably more like six hours I'm not really sure how it works when it's sped up like that but anyways I was in it I could not believe how entertaining it was and how much I liked it and it has been literal months and I have pregnancy brain and so I honestly don't even remember everything that happened which will make it difficult when I read the second one in February when it comes out but it was fantastic and honestly Like, that's all you need to know. Like, it was just fantastic. I also think it's the best to go in completely blind the way that I did. But the short version is, it's about a single mom who is struggling and she gets mistaken for, like, a hit person. And then it sort of accidentally carries out, like, as a hit. And it was funny. It was entertaining. It was interesting. It was fast. And it was completely different from anything that I think I've ever read, period, let alone this year. So it definitely lived up to the hype, and if I can get you to read one book that I read, if just from all the books I read this year, if I can get you to read one, please read this one and love it as much as I do, because I think it was fantastic, and I'm so excited for the next one. The Hunting Wives by May Cobb. I read this in July, and I remember I was finishing the audio on the way to visit my husband on one of his work trips, and I don't know if I was like slap happy trying to stay awake or what, but towards the end as things were happening, I was jumping up and down in my seat, and I was like yelling out predictions and theories and things, and I was like talking to the book, and I figured out what was going to happen, but it didn't take any of the fun out of it, and it was honestly just so good. It's basically about this family that moves to like this rich Texas town and this woman is trying to fit in with this like glamorous group of moms they seem like they're like the it group and so she ends up befriending them and she's invited to these hunting weekends they take which are actually a lot more scandalous than like hunting and there's a lot of things in this book that some people probably see as weird but I think it's just juicy and scandalous which made it really fun but I can see how some people
people could be like turned off by this book but the woman was like low-key obsessed with the girls and then there's like a murder and you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on and it just was so good it kind of gives me when life gives you lululemons vibes a little bit by lauren weisberger it's just like a fun time about like fancy moms and stuff and that was just so fun to me i really enjoyed it the next book so technically it's a series the track series by jason reynolds if i have to pick it would be sunny but I have said over and over and over again that I adore the Reynolds men and their books. I don't think they're even related. They just have the same last name, but I enjoy both Reynolds men. Um, I read Ghost by myself, and I was shocked at how well written it was and how much I enjoyed a middle grade book. And then I convinced my oldest nanny kid to read it, and we ended up reading up reading the whole series, all four books together over the summer. Each book is about a different kid on the track team. There's Ghost, Patina, Sunny, and Lou, although Lou's book is sort of like a conclusion, and it also gives a little bit of story about their coach. Um, I loved Ghost. It was immediately five stars, and then I read the second book, Patina, and I was like, well, this is even better. And then I read the third book and Sunny was hands down my favorite. I was like, how, like I went from five stars to like, oh my God, this is even better to like, oh my God, how is it possible that this is even better than that? Um, I did not like Lou as much as a whole, but I think the series is fantastic. Um, again, if I had to pick one, I would for sure pick Sunny, but I think that they're all wonderful. All four kids have a lot of stuff going on in their personal lives, like at home or with friends or at school or whatever on the team. And I was surprised at how like emotional and wonderful each book was. If you're not into middle grade or you don't really have a reason to read these, I recommend like holding on to this information in your head in case you ever have kids or you have someone that you could read these with or something because they were great and I cannot recommend this series enough. It was so good, so emotional, like so just like everything and like they're middle grade books but like they were fantastic. The next book is also a series. It's the Shadow and Bone series by Leigh Bardugo. If I have to pick, I would pick Rune and Rising, the last book. Um, it's Shadow and Bone, Season Storm, and Rune and Rising. I feel like a lot of people dislike these books, which I think is a little weird. I think that they're super hyped up over the book community, but I think there's definitely a love it or hate it sort of vibe that's going on. Um, I read Shadow and Bone in 2020, and I really enjoyed it. And then I finally read the other two in May, and I've said before... They're a little bit dense and it takes a minute to really get into it and understand the world and the magic and things like that. But I thought the writing was really well done and the books were really great as a series. So like I said, if I had to pick one, I would pick Rune and Rising because I just feel like the way that everything was wrapped up in the end was perfect. I didn't feel like anything was rushed. I feel like everything made sense. Um, the main character, you're like kind of not sure who she's going to end up with. And honestly, she could have been with three different people and I would have been happy with honestly any of the choices and I think that that's always a really good sign with like a show or a book or whatever when like they could be with multiple people and you would be happy in any of those situations like I always feel like that's a like a great sign um ultimately I think that the ending was perfect who she ended up with I think was great um I was really happy when I finished it because I it was one of the few times that I have felt like a series has ended like exactly the way that it should have. I just felt like they did such a, I felt like she did such a good job. Um, and I know that there's some people that didn't like how it ended, but like whatever, I guess you can't please everyone. Um, it is basically like this world that has like this magic 
system sort of and it has different people that have different sort of elements that they control and things like that and the girl is like the chosen one la 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 she has this special power that no one else has really seen and then there's the bad guy that tries to take her under his wing and he wants to use her for bad and then the rest of the series is basically her trying to like fight him and things like that I'm really excited to read more Lee Bardugo Lee Bardugo books (laughs) I think that um her books or these three at least were really good she has stories that take place in the same world with the same characters some with new characters but I really just her writing I just felt like was like great I just felt like it was very good like YA series dystopian utopian whatever the fucking whatever it is like I just felt like it was really good and I really loved it the next book is okay The next book was going to be Dear Martin by Nick Stone, and I replaced it with Dear Justice by Nick Stone. So I originally had Dear Martin on this list. I read it in February, and then I just read Dear Justice at the beginning of December, and I had to replace it. Obviously, I've already got other series on here, so we can talk about both. So I can, you know, if you want to call this a series, whatever. But if I had to choose, I'm super surprised to say that I really love Dear Justice more than I love Dear Martin. Dear Martin is about a boy named Justice who writes letters to Martin Luther King Jr., like a diary sort of situation. He's very smart. He goes to a very good school, but he still faces prejudice and things like that because of where he comes from and because he's black. He isn't treated fairly by his white peers, and then he's also treated poorly by the black kids in his neighborhood because he's seen as doing better than they are, like he's a sellout or whatever. And there are a lot of conversations about like systemic racism and affirmative action, and I really feel like everything was explained in a very easy way to understand. And I learn things that I didn't even know and I feel like I'm pretty woke or pretty you know like I pretty like I pay attention to this kind of stuff and so I even learned things in this book the characters and their emotions and things feel just very real and it was a five-star book for sure and also helps that the books are both less than 300 pages I love that um so I was very on the fence about reading the second book because I knew that it was about this character from Dear Martin that I didn't really like he was in jail and he was writing letters to justice the way that justice was writing letters to Martin Luther King and um I just like wasn't super sold but I finally decided that I was going to read it because I like Nick Stone and I wanted to read her other book And I was blown away by how much I enjoyed this book. She took a character that was completely unlikable and made me so invested in his story. I read it in like two days. I was like so invested. I was so moved and so caught up. And again, with the fact that this book is like short and like to the point, like I feel like Nick Stone's writing is very, very good. And she's just like very eloquent in the way that she like gets situations across and there were so many moments in this book that I was upset because of shitty circumstances that the character was in and then I read the author's note at the end and I lost it I was sobbing she's like thinking the reader and the acknowledgments and that made me cry too I'm pregnant it's fine but I think that both of these are great and if you've read Dear Martin and had any sort of hesitation about Dear Justice for the same reason that I did or for another reason or whatever don't it's even better like I did not think I would be able to say that but it is even better Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas. I had similar feelings about this book that I did about Dear Justice. I loved The Hate You Give when it came out and 
this came out and I just wasn't interested. I didn't really care about Maverick's backstory. Um, I figured I probably wouldn't read it. And then I randomly downloaded the audio in April and I started listening and I was hooked. It was so much better than The Hate You Give, even though you sort of know how his life turns out because it's a prequel to The Hate You Give. You're still so invested and you just want the best for him. And if you liked The Hate You Give, this was absolutely fantastic. And if you haven't read it yet, I think you should read both of them and you can read them probably in either order. Um, I read it obviously the hate you give first because that's what came out first and then I read Concrete Rose which was a prequel but I think you could probably read them in either order and they were both fantastic. Another book that was also fantastic is Monday's Not Coming by Tiffany D. Jackson. This one was another one that completely took me by surprise and I also read it in April. April was a very good month for books. This Concrete Rose, Finley Donovan, like you know um, this was the only book on my favorites list that is recommended by Katie Colson, but it ended up being great. So good job, Katie. Um, it is about this girl, Claudia, who has a best friend named Monday. And one day she goes to school and Monday's not there. And Claudia is the only person that seems concerned. And the longer she's missing, the more insane things get. And this book rocked me. I cannot wait to reread it because it was so good. And there's so many things that I know I didn't pick up on that I would love to go back and reread and be like, oh my God, like it was just so good. I really, really enjoyed it. Number eight is The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. I read this and I read Una Out of Order by Margarita Montemore like back to back basically. I read one in February, one in March and I was debating which one to put on this list because I really liked both of them but I decided this one. I think they have similar themes in a way um, basically sort of seeing how different changes impact your life and things like that. But I thought that the writing and the hurt in the Midnight Library kind of stuck with me more. It's about this woman who is trying to commit suicide and she ends up in a library of her life and all of the books in the library are choices that she's made throughout her life and things that she could have chosen differently and they all take her to where she would be in that life if she chose that way. And so I thought it was really fun to see the various, like, different lives she could have lived and how little things affected her happiness and things like that and I just felt like it was a very unique story and it (laughs) takes place in a library so of course like I really really enjoyed it. I also have We Are Never Meeting in Real Life by Samantha Irby on this list. When I was looking through all my five five star books it was very hard not to put this on here because I just find her so so funny especially since I recently read her second book as well her like essays or stories or jokes or whatever you want to call them are just so real and raw and relatable and all of those words basically mean the same thing but you get what I mean um I randomly downloaded her book in June and she's just really fun and funny and I'm really happy that I discovered her and I'm perfectly happy to read anything else by her And then the last one I had on here, I was debating between The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave and um, My Favorite Half Night Stand by Christina Lauren. I think I'm going with The Last Thing He Told Me because the Christina Lauren book, I can find flaws if I need to in that book. Um, I think I gave it five stars anyway, but like I can find flaws if I need to. So I really enjoyed this book. Um, Laura Dave, I've read a book by her before. She wrote 800 Grapes or something like that, and it was just okay. It wasn't anything special, but this was more like a mystery. Um, It's like mystery thriller-ish. It's more mystery than thriller. It's not like super like jumpy or anything, but the writing was just like so fast. I was turning pages. I flew through this book. It was so, so good. It was so enjoyable. And um, I really like that it's not like a traditional situation. Like this is, 
in no way about like a romantic relationship. It's about a relationship between this woman and her stepdaughter. And it was just such a different sort of take on things. And I was interested the whole way through on what was going on. Towards the end, things got a little out of hand. But I feel like overall, it was just a very well done book and it was very different and it was very enjoyable and entertaining and fun. And that's really all I'm wanting to get out of a book experience. So it's going to be the last one on this list for me. So those are my top 10 and worst 10 books of the year. Like I said, I don't feel like my reading experience was as good this year as it was last year. I don't know if I even talked about the worst books I read last year. Maybe I did. Maybe I talked about the books I DNF'd and things like that. I don't know. But um, I just, I feel like I remember last year being a little bit better, a little bit more enjoyable. But I do still feel like these books were really good. And if you haven't read them, I highly recommend them. Um, especially Finley Donovan, <laughs> which you already know. So please let me know your favorite books of the year, especially if it's a book I did not read or if it's a book that I did not like. Please let me know because I think that's fun. You can email me at shereadhesaid at gmail.com. And until next time, friends, here's hoping that 2022 I read better books. Ciao!